Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us again for another day of worship. I pray that God will speak to our hearts as we listen to him today. I pray that we will be able to um, see God in a way that we've never seen him before. I pray that we'll experience him in uh, our challenges and especially our life's impossibilities. We are living in a world sometimes that we face impossibilities in our lives and they come to us in many and various ways. How do we deal with those impossibilities? How do we deal with those challenges? This is the sermon five of our series in the life about the life of Daniel. We are looking at how we can be able to um, go through challenges. We'll be able to stand through challenges. We'll be able to overcome difficulties. We'll be able to live a testimony even um, when our lives are being challenged. We are looking at how we can thrive in the midst of yeah, trials and tests and challenges. So today I want us to look at this very important part of our trials. We live every day to see that our lives are faced with things that we cannot find a solution to. We seem that we are not able to find any solution, practical solutions to solve those problems. And that is what we'll see in the life of Daniel and his three other friends, and even all the officials and uh, advisors of Nebuchadnezzar in this particular passage. We're going to learn some important lessons that will help us when times of impossibilities come. How do you deal with them? When you are faced with situations that are beyond your uh, beyond your ability, beyond your physical strength, beyond even your spiritual ability to hold on to. How do we deal with that? How do we overcome such situations? Remember that we are uh, studying about this young man who was taken captive at the age of 15. Daniel was only 15 years old when he was taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar because God allowed the people of Judah, the people of Israel to be taken captive, 25% of them to be taken as, uh, as uh, refugees, as slaves into uh, the land of Babylon, today's uh, Iraq. And they lived in that land for about 70 years before an opportunity came for them, those that were alive to return back uh, to their homeland. And Daniel was among those who were selected to be trained for three years, indoctrinated for a period of three years in order to get them ready to serve the king, to be advisors to the king. They were indoctrinated in their culture, in their language, in their learning, in every aspect of their being. The, the main goal at that time was if you um, obtain a slave, you change the whole um, personality of the person in order to, uh, to make them your slaves and they continue to serve you. And Daniel happened to be one of those who was taken through this kind of uh, subjection, this kind of uh, indoctrination 
But even as we read about him, we realize that nothing that was thrown at this young man succeeded. He tried, he overcame, he stood through all those challenges and came out even better than um, all those that came to challenge him or was, was, was placed to challenge him um, in, in all these tests. How, how Daniel went through all these uh, challenges and did not succumb to the plans of the enemy at that time are the tests that we are learning from. We are seeing how we can also stand firm. We can be able to overcome any life's challenges that are thrown at us. We can thrive through all situations in life. And brethren, there is nothing that you and I are going through that has not been gone through already by um, other men and women of God. Even as the Bible says, when we are tempted, we shouldn't think that we are tempted beyond uh, any, any our strength because all the temptation we are going through have already been, um, uh, been, been uh, tried or other believers have gone through them and they have come out victorious. How do you respond? How do you even act when you are faced with the impossibilities, when you are faced with the, the things that are beyond your human and, and even your spiritual ability? What do you do when you are asked to do things that are completely impossible, that are just humanly not acceptable, you may call it? How are we supposed to respond to an unfriendly, cultural practices that like uh, what Daniel went through how are we supposed to live uh, or victoriously or over them Daniel went through all this and even as we uh, read about him the more the challenges were, were brought on him the more he became victorious the more he stood firm uh, the, the more he was able to come out and did not only um, excel beyond um, his peers. He was promoted five different times because any time that he was tested and he, he came out victorious, um, he got a promotion and he came to the point of being the second in command to the power, the most powerful king um, um, at that time. Because the nation of Babylon was the most powerful nation at that time. And for him to be able to go through all that at that age, that is what you and I need to realize that no matter who you are, where you are, at what stage you are, you can come out victorious over any challenges that are thrown at you because the Lord is on your side. Hallelujah. Daniel outlasted three emperors that uh, um, uh, 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 took over the, the reign of, of Babylon. He received six big promotions and, and he worked his way up to become the second in command, the second in authority um, to the king and authorities at that time. Would you bow down with me as I pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come and teach us and minister to our hearts, even as we hear the word of God. Dear Lord, I want to thank you today because you are present. You are present to speak to us. You are present to minister to us. You are present to reveal your will and your desire, O oh God, for us. I pray that, Lord, you will help us to see that we are serving a God who is able to make the impossible to be possible. May your name be exalted in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me tell you about one of the impossibilities that my wife and I face in ministry and how 
God showed up and and uh, and uh, answered that prayer. It was in the first place that we planted the first church that um, uh, my wife and I planted in northern Ghana, and this particular village was a village that was called the idol um, or Satan's village, a place where everywhere you pass, people were worshipping idols. And it happened that in this particular year, there was a drought. This was in 1987. And the, the, the drought was so severe that for the whole year, there was almost no rain. People were suffering, crops were, were, were dying, and animals, you think about it, it was so dry. And the uh, village chief needed a solution. It wasn't just his chief. I believe that other uh, villages around us, probably their leaders were also doing the same thing, decided that the only thing that can prompt them to have rain was to make sacrifices to their gods. We had just started a church, and, and a few people had come out of this idol worship, and they had given their life to the Lord, and now their faith was being tested because we have been teaching them to not worship any other god except the true God, that is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the true God who has revealed himself and who has authority to bring the rain and to work any miracle. So the chief sent uh, his officials to every house to uh, collect um, uh, a specific amount that they were going to use to buy the animals they were going to use for sacrifices. And then they came to our house. They went to the houses of uh, the few believers as well. And they came to us and asked, Pastor, what do we do about this situation? We are faced with something that we, we have never been faced before. Our um, community has been uh, stricken with drought and we do not know what to do. Our crops are dying, our animals are dying and everybody is suffering. And the chief wants to offer these sacrifices so that the God will bring the rain. And um, uh, so what do we do? And I, I took the Bible, I taught them again and, and, and uh, encouraged them to realize that we are not going to uh, pay money that will be used for sacrifices. But we can uh, go to the chief and tell him that if he will allow us, we can pray to our God for rain. And um, the, the chief may or may not agree. Thank God that the chief agreed. And we, one of our requests that we placed to the chief was that, excuse me, he will call the village together. You talk about the days of Elijah. This was exactly what we experienced. And the chief called the village and we said, if you call the village together, we will preach the gospel and we will also pray and ask God for rain. And that is exactly what the chief did. He called the village together. And, you know, we came, we sang, we worshiped people. Many people did not know exactly what was going on because they've never seen uh, Christians a worship in this village and and we prayed and asked God after I preached the gospel we prayed and asked God to honor his name and and send us rain brethren in the middle of our our prayer there was thunder the whole place thundered 
And God showed up that day and poured rain. And I mean, he poured rain and poured rain and poured rain. That brought us a breakthrough to, to the hearts of the people. Not only in that village. Um, three, four other villages uh, opened up to the gospel and churches were planted around um, us. Because they saw God showing up. They, they saw God's miracle. Yes, we believed God. And the Lord could have decided not to answer that prayer. But on this particular day, we believed in the God of miracle, the God of creation. And we challenged uh, the people to, to, to trust in our God and see what God was going to do. Brethren, God showed up and God poured out his rain. The sacrifices were not made. But our God revealed himself. That is an impossible situation. And that is only just one example of some of the miracles that happened there. Then a second miracle occurred when one of the new believers, it, in that village you were not supposed to go to farm on a Friday. It happened that we do not, we are not held back by the, by the, by the traditional beliefs. So this believer went to farm on Friday and he was bitten by the most poisonous snake in that area. And by the time they brought him from the farm home, he was already bleeding from his eyes, from his nose, any part of his body that had an opening, blood was coming out of that, which means that his liver and his system was shutting down and was going to, he was going to die. Again, we needed to ask God to show up. We prayed, we took this young man to our little building, the church, and we prayed overnight. His family was expecting that by the morning they will be bringing in their son dead. Or they will come and call them that their son was dead. But God again showed up and worked his miracle. And by morning, this young man had complete blood transfusion by God. And all he flashed out all the poison that, that this uh, man's body was going through. And God healed him. He got up instead of us carrying a dead body to the grave. He got up, he walked home. And that miracle again opened doors for us to preach the gospel. When you are faced with the impossibility, what do you do? How do you deal with it as a child of God? How do you respond? Do you um, give up? Do you trust in your God? Uh, what steps do you take in order to overcome the challenges in your life that seems to be things that can overcome you or bring you down? Daniel chapter 2 and verses um, 11 through to uh, verse, verse 13 is what we are reading uh, here. You can read the whole chapter of chapter 2 to understand it in a better way. The fortune tellers said, Nobody anywhere can do what you ask. And no king, great or small, has ever demanded anything like this from any magician, enchanters, or fortune tellers. What you are asking is impossible. If you will find this particular passage, and I'm taking it from the um, uh, message translation, the message Bible, the, 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 that translation, and it says that what you are asking 
It's impossible unless some god or goddess should reveal it and they don't hang around with people like us. That set the king off. The king was furious and he lost his temper and ordered the whole company of Babylonian wise men and their families killed. When the death warrant was issued, Daniel and his companions were included. They also were marked for execution. This is a very, very serious situation that Daniel and his friends found themselves. And uh, it's about Nebuchadnezzar having this dream that was repeated and it was frightful and he was scared and he didn't know what to do about it. But the dream kept on coming. We are not going to be dwelling on what that dream is in this passage. I'm going to give you two aspects of uh, spiritual insight from this passage. This sermon will deal with how we are able to to deal with uh, uh, um, uh, false teachers, witches, wizards, and um, um, mediums, and those type of people in our world today, how we can deal with those, those uh, situations if we are faced with them as believers. And the second part, which I will bring to you next week, relates to, I'm going to give you some steps and some, some ways that Daniel uh, used in order to overcome the impossibility that uh, was brought before him. Remember one thing, if you read this passage, you will notice that Daniel wasn't around when these magicians and uh, counselors and enchanters were, were uh, confronted by King Nebuchadnezzar. And he brought them before he summoned them and I told them, I had a dream and I want you not only to tell me the meaning of the dream, but also to tell me the dream itself. You are supposed to tell me the dream and also the meaning of the dream. You talk about how we can overcome um, and, uh, and see those who are false in their prophecy, in their palm reading, in their medium, uh, medium acts, and all those things, their witchcraft. If we want to know and test whether they are, what they are telling us is true, put them through the test that uh, the King Nebuchadnezzar put his uh, officials through. He said, you tell me the dream. If you truly are hearing from God, you tell me what I dreamt about, and after you have told me what the dream is, also tell me what the meaning of the dream is. And what did the uh, magicians and the officials and his advisors say? This is impossible. What you are requesting for has never been asked for by any king or ruler, and it is beyond us. The only uh, uh, people or um, yeah, who can reveal those the meaning of this are the very people who are the um, witches and the wizards and and the goddess of our world, their world at that time. The goddess are the only people who can have, and they say they don't even hang out around us. They have their own thing that they are doing. So we cannot tell you what this means. And the King Nebuchadnezzar was furious. And his fury was shown in the, the, the thing that he said was going to happen to them if they didn't bring out the meaning. He, was, he had ordered that every official, all his council members all over Babylon needs to be killed. 
and their families as well, and they, all their properties were supposed to be destroyed. You talk about execution and how mad this man was. Daniel and his friends were not there. All that Daniel and his friends saw was the executioner showing up at their door to come and take them and go and kill them. But Daniel again stood and the things that he did, the steps that he took to overcome this situation and obtain the revelation of the dream and its meaning uh, to Nebuchadnezzar are the most important lessons that I want us to learn. How do you deal with the impossibility when you are faced with it? And I know you are going through it. I am going through it. How do we overcome that? Today, let us just dwell, take a few, the next 10 minutes or so to look at how God wants us to deal with the um, witches, with the wizards, with the mediums, with the false prophets uh, in our day. These were people, fortune tellers and, and uh, officials who relied on astrology, the, 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 the false form of worship that existed at that time. And they will um, give Nebuchadnezzar any kind of interpretation that he needed. But this particular time, he wanted them to tell them to tell him if he, they were actually able to determine the future, then they should tell him um, his dream and then its meaning. The question that I want to ask you is that why are people so particular about fortune tellers, false prophets, wanting to know about our future? The reason is because it appears in the life of every man that. If we seem to know what our future is, then we feel secure by that. But the Word of God tells us and warns us against listening to these people, listening to palm readers, listening to the media, listening to the fortune teller, listening to the false prophet who tell us things that are not coming from God, but they are able to control us because we are so passionate about knowing what is going to happen to us in, the, um, in our life. But God wants us to understand that he does not take delight in those people. He doesn't take delight in them, in the things that the people who want to tell us about our future, unless he, God, chooses to reveal um, those sins. So what does God say about predicting uh, the future and the people who dwell in such a life? Number one, no one knows the future except God. <coughs> Excuse me. No one knows the future except God himself. Look at the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 7. He says, no one can tell the future. Only God can tell you what the future holds. 
No one else knows. Because of that, do not trust people who um, are claiming that they can read your palm and tell you what your future is going to uh, hold. Only God knows that. Do not um, trust in people who can claim that they are able to see things about your future and you believe them and they want to take your money. They want to, to make sure that they enslave you and make you subjects to their, the things that they believe in. God only reveals what we need to know and to enable us to be able to trust him for the future. God doesn't uh, want us to be concerned about what the future holds because he wants us to be able to trust him, to believe him, to be able to rely on him that he is able to reveal to us and keep us safe. God only reveals what we need to know so that we'll be able to trust him with our future and to obey him during our times of impossibility. The second thing that the Bible tells us about these people who are fortune tellers, who are false prophets, who are palm readers, is this, all psychics and mediums are false. That is what the word of God tells us. All who believe in these things are false. Isaiah 44 verse 25 says, I make liars of false prophets and fools of fortune tellers. I take human wisdom and turn it into nonsense. All these people are liars and you do not need to allow them to deceive you or misdirect you. Leviticus 20 and verse 6 is even much more serious as to what God says about these people. I am against anyone who goes to mediums. This is what God was telling his people and he's telling you and me today. If your future is uncertain, turn to God, turn to Jesus, and he will reveal it to you. God says, I am against anyone who goes to mediums or fortune tellers for advice. Because that person is being unfaithful to me. So I will cut him off. God says he hates it and he's against you who is taking this step of going to these people and wanting them to read about you, to tell you lies about your future because he, God, hates them. And he says that he will cut them, such or uh, uh, any of us who are involved in this, he will cut us off his presence. You don't want to experience this anger of God. Because he hates that anybody tries to take his glory. The Bible also tells us that do not consult or seek any of these people. It is a common thing in my world, in my place, where country where, where I come from. It's become a very, very common thing for believers. And I mean people who know Jesus, who, and yet we allow these men and women to continue to deceive us and mislead us and misguide us. Do not defile, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 31 says, do not defile yourself by consulting medium and wizards or palm readers, for I am Jehovah your God. Don't consult them, the Bible says. If you um, have, have any opportunity to live your life, 
and you are struggling with what your future will hold, don't go and consult this medium because God hates that we take these steps and go to consult these people. Number four, consulting them is defiling yourself. If you consult these ones, you are defiling yourself and God says he doesn't want the Leviticus 20 and verse 6. Don't defile yourself by consulting mediums and wizards, for I am Jehovah, your God. If you are faced with challenges of all kinds and you are faced with the impossibilities, there are these things that um, you need to follow that the word of God uh, gives us and you need to be aware of how you can deal with this situation by understanding that God has clearly warned us against consulting anybody that claims to know the future only he God knows the future so how do we test the accuracy of false prophets fortune tellers and mediums how do we test to know that these people know what they are doing, what they are prophesying or telling us is true. How do we know that they are false and we don't need to follow their ways? If you want to, the first thing that will help you to determine whether some a, a medium, a prophet, a, 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 a fortune teller is false, is that they are false if any of their prophecy does not come through. I mean, just one. If anybody claims to be a prophet, it means you are hearing from God. You are hearing what God is saying and giving to men. So if even one thing that this prophecy comes out to be false, it means those people are not hearing from God. If I am giving you a prophecy about your future and one, and I mean single one, is false, then know clearly that that prophecy is not true and you better run because you are on the verge of being enslaved and taken captive by such a person. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 21 to 22. Listen to what God says. If you want to know if a prophet's message is really from God, here is how to test him. If any part doesn't come true, that prophecy is false and not from God. He was presumptuously speaking his own ideas and you should pay him no attention nor fear him. If one thing that we say, we as prophets say, that is not true, be very careful and it is not it doesn't come it has not been proven to be true in accordance with the word of god the bible says that such prophecy is false and you do not believe it and you do not need to to be fearful of these ones because they are not prophesying or telling you of your future from god and they are false and you need to run from them those who prophesy falsely, the Bible says that they shall be put to death. This is how serious it is, brethren. That is why I will not tell you anything that I haven't heard from God. I am scared of this because God is against it. Deuteronomy 18, 20 to 22 says, But the prophet who presumed to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of 
um, other gods, that same prophet shall die. This was how serious uh, false prophecy was in the sight of God. If you prophesy falsely, you shall be put to death. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously and you need not be afraid of him. You need not fear them. The tests of true prophet of any true prophet I mean by what I'm saying that is 100% accuracy that is who the God we serve and he never uh, says anything that is false and he will not reveal falsehood to anybody not even one so it is completely 100% accuracy you need to be looking from anybody who claims to be a fortune teller, a palm reader, a prophet who comes from God and is telling you things that are not true, then that person is not coming from God. One false prophecy means everything else that these individuals are saying is a lie. They cannot tell you that I just got this thing wrong. Well, God never gets it wrong. Hallelujah. God never gets it wrong. And therefore, we, those who claim to stand for him, should not be getting it wrong. If we do, we are speaking from ourselves and not from God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 to 3 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test them to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets, many fortune tellers, many mediums have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus as Christ has come in the flesh and has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not convert Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard was coming and now is in the world. Your life and my life are being threatened every day. We want to know our future. We want to know what is going to happen to us in our job place. We want to know what is going to happen to our children. We want to know what is going to happen in this journey we are going to take. We want to know um, whether um, things about our marriage. We want to know things, everything that pertains to what is going to happen tomorrow. But God's word tells us that. We are supposed to trust him to take care of the future. If you will trust him, he will guide your steps and lead you to the right people who will speak into your life the things that truly come from him. But let us be mindful. If you are uh, an individual who listens to mediums, false prophets, palm readers, and all these witches and wizards, and all anybody who uh, is calls himself magicians, and you are believing in what they say, you better be watchful because God says he hates that and he will punish anyone who falls under such trap. Let me assure you today as I bring this message to a close. If you know Jesus, you are serving a God who knows your present and your future. Let him reveal himself to you and embrace it as coming from God. 
because he will not tell you a lie. But anything and anybody else who claims to prophesy, and, and, and there is even one single false prophecy in what they say, be mindful not to believe in the rest that they have said. Because our God is a God of truth. He knows the present and he knows the future. Your future is in his hands. Praise the Lord. What a great word for you in, the, in your present life today and the things that are going to caution you to be mindful of what you hear and what you even say to people. If God hasn't spoken, do not claim that you have heard him speak. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God have mercy on us and help us to be able to determine what is false and what is right and to live in obedience to your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Please join us again next week as we continue in this same series. As I said, I'm going to give you some nine things that Daniel did in order to overcome the impossibility, to deal with things that are impossible that were thrown at him. And I pray that God will prepare your hearts and be able to reveal himself to you. Please visit our website. There is a lot more that you can learn from there. You can listen to other messages that have been posted there, especially as we go through this series. And you will also be able to uh, to uh, continue to pray for us and support us financially. So please visit our website. Click on the title app if you want, want to give to support our ministry. And it will take you to the uh, place where you can keep uh, on uh, giving us, uh, giving to God your donation in order to enable us to continue in this ministry. May God bless you and make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you in everything that you do now and forevermore. Amen.